Hello everyone, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Pastor Dwayne Life, lead pastor at the Life Point Community Church. What you're going to hear today is a message from one of our recent services. And we believe that by listening to today's message, you're going to be blessed and encouraged from the Word of God. You're going to be strengthened, and we believe that God's going to speak to you in a very fresh, new, and real way through today's message. So thanks again for listening. Be blessed and encouraged, and we love you. God bless. Over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about what it means to live a full, rich, abundant life in Christ. Anybody need some of that? Anybody at all? And the title of the sermon series is called All In. And it's all about us being completely invested in following this path that Christ has for us. But in order to live this life that I believe Christ is calling us all to, we've got to be completely, completely, completely invested. So with that in mind, I want you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 10, verse 10. It'll be on the screen behind me. And just kind of let me set this up a little bit today. Um, I'm going to talk to you about two of my very favorite scriptures. In fact, I probably use these as much as I use anything else. But we're going to look at them from a little stronger perspective. This is going to be our, our uh, a verse for the entire series. It's John chapter 10, verse 10. The Bible says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Father, in Jesus' name, take these next few moments. Help us to learn more about who you are and the way you do things. Help us today, O oh God, to learn who you are and what it means to be completely, totally Invested completely and totally committed. Help us to learn today and over the next few weeks what it means to be all in. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. You tell me, who do you think the thief is? You know, you would think, right? Now, I'm... I'm a student. I, I like looking at scripture in context. And here's what theologians and Bible scholars tell us about the thief. When Jesus said those words, the thief, he might have been talking about the devil, our enemy. He could have been talking about a lot of different things. But most theologians think that Jesus was referring. And if you look at it in context, you can kind of see it. If, that most people think that Jesus was talking about an old, tired, outdated oppressive system of religion. That's what theologians think he was talking about. How many know that Jesus came into this world to revolutionize this tired religious system that was ineffective? And that's exactly what he did. Because I want you to understand, now listen, I, I, I'm a religious person. I, I enjoy Church. I enjoy being a part of a fellowship. I enjoy religion. But religion by itself. See, that's what they had. They had religion 
And it was just that. It was just a system of rules and regulations, and it had gotten oppressive, and nobody could keep all the rules, and it just didn't work. Here's what you need to know. Religion doesn't bring abundant life. Religion produces mediocrity. And can I tell you that happens to a lot of folks. They, they come to church or they get involved in a, in, a, in, a, in a church or a Bible study or in a small group. And, and we kind of stand back and we don't really invest ourselves in all we get. A, we just become a part of the process. That doesn't produce abundance. That produces mediocrity. I'm I'm convinced that inside the soul of every human being, inside our soul is a vacuum that only our Creator can fill. St. Augustine said it this way. He, He said... Our soul is restless until we find rest in you. Here's what I don't want for you and what I don't want for me. I don't want to be involved in just religion. I don't want to just come to church and go through the motions. I don't want to just come to church and and drop a couple bucks in the offering bag and laugh at my pastor's stupid games. I want to be connected. I want to be invested. I want something outside of relationship because there's this hunger inside of the heart of man for God. That's why on the earth today there are 4,200 different religions. And all of them but one share something in common. All of them but one are an attempt for man to reach God, and you'll never get there. But there is one where God came to us. And so what I want from you and what I want from me is a hunger to find and and embrace the plan that God has for all of our lives. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm afraid what happens, and this is going to come out mean, so forgive me in advance, but I'm afraid some of us just aren't that hungry. And I I want today, I want you to develop a, a hunger for what God has for you. Anybody get hangry you like when it's time to eat and it's past time to eat don't talk to me until i get a snicker bar i ain't gonna mention any names but her initials are tracy kimmer that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) don't let the girl get hungry right and so what do you do when you get that point you'll eat whatever anybody ever like just been hungry you you try maybe trying to watch what you eat and but you you're like I'm hungry. And you, you, you drive through a fast food, drive through just and get just something. And then later you go, man, I regret that. I, last time I ate a McDonald's cheeseburger, it was three days before I felt right. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it just not right. I'm afraid that 
That that's what some of us are doing with our, with our walk with Christ. We're just coming in on Sunday morning, running through a drive-thru, just getting a little fix. And I'm telling you, that's not enough to sustain you. I want you and I want me to be completely invested because religion just brings mediocrity. And I don't want mediocrity for me and I certainly don't want it for you. I want abundance for you. Your soul longs for more than some spiritual value meal. You know what your soul longs for? Relationship. Because relationship produces abundance. That's what Jesus said. He said the thief comes. This old tired religion comes to kill and steal and destroy. And can I tell you that if all that's, if that's all you have is some tired, old lifeless religion where you just come and show up and check the box. I'm here. Jesus said, but I've come that you can have life abundantly. One translation says that you can have life and you can have it to the full. Man, that's what I want for you. It's what I want for me is life to the full. See, relationship produces abundance. And to kind of talk about this today, I'm going to take you to what I consider my life verse, and I quote it all the time, and I know you're thinking, why does he talk about that verse all the time? But I want us to look at it from a little bit different perspective today, maybe from a little deeper perspective than we look at it, because you see this verse. You see it all the time. You see it on Facebook. You see it on bumper stickers. You see it. It's just, it's, it's one of those Christian bookstore verses. You know what I'm saying? You can buy a plaque and it's on your, you know, I've, I've, I've got two or three in my office that have this verse. It's Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. So I'm going to read it, but I'm going to read it a little slowly. For I know the plans I have for you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to circle that word you. You know what I'm convinced? I'm convinced that there are people, maybe even people here today who think, well, this kind of life that he's talking about is for, I, I believe that it's available for them. I believe it's available for somebody else. And I'm telling you that it's available for you. For you. For I know the plans I have for you. He didn't say, I know the plans I have for them. I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Plans for good. Circle that word good. Good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I'll listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly. Circle that word wholeheartedly. You will find me. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. So here's what I want you to see. First of all, God's plan is for you. 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 Now, Jeremiah the prophet is, is talking to an entire nation, but he's talking to them one at a time. God's plan is for you. And so I need you to understand that God has something for you. God told this same prophet, Jeremiah, that I knew you before I, you were born. 
And I set you apart before you were born. And I'm going to tell you that God's no respecter of persons. And if he knew it had a plan and set Jeremiah apart before he was born, so did he you. And he knew you. And he knew all the weird quirkiness that you have. Because you've got them. And so do I. God, God knew what your, how your DNA was going to get shaped to, to form you to be the person that you are. And I'm going to tell you that God's got an amazing, awesome, incredible, here we go, good, everybody say good, good plan. His plan for you is good. And yes, I've said it four times, and I'll probably say it a couple more because I want you to hear that word good. God's plan is for our good. I love, I love Bible study. And if you study that word good, it, it's not a great translation. The, the Hebrew word there is shalom. God's plan is for your shalom. Anybody know what shalom means? Peace. It's, it's even deeper than that. What it, what it literally means in that context is God's plan is to complete you. To complete you. Let me ask you a question. Please be honest with me. Has there ever been a moment in your life when, it, when you said, there's just something missing? Yeah, me too. I'm going to tell you what that something is. And, and, and I love you when I say this. There's something that's not all in. And when we'll go all in, he'll complete you. He'll complete, not like Jerry Maguire. I hate that movie. It's a chick flick disguised as a football movie. God wants to not just a good plan. It is good, but not just good. Not just peaceful. I'm not just talking about tranquil. How many would say your life is loud? It can be loud and still be shalom. God wants to complete you. It's for your good. But please listen to me just a minute. You don't get to define good. See, when you and I hear the word good, we think new car. We think health. We think promotion at our job. That's how we define good. We think all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet. Come on, somebody. We think, oh, oh, God, please don't let me pull the, the poop jelly bean. We, we define good by our standard, and I'm going to tell you that if you just use the word good, in that, that I get it, but you don't get to define good. How many know that God's going to do whatever he's got to do to complete you? And sometimes, just sometimes, those are uncomfortable moments. I wonder if you're here and you're like me that some of the greatest lessons in your life have, been, have come when you walk through hell. But listen, God looked at it and saw it was good. 
Because whatever that junk was that you're having to walk through is completing you. It's forming you. It's making you into the man or woman of God that he's called you to be. And if you go all in, he'll continue that process. I want to be complete. Listen, y'all. I, I know I'm, I'm up here on the stage and I got a big, nice piece of paper that says I know what I'm talking about. But God ain't done with me. I got a long way to go. I, I want his plan to complete. <laughs> See, God's, God's good plan might include difficult times. We don't like to think about that, do we? We don't like to think about God's plan may include me walking through a difficult time. This passage of scripture that I just read to you, Jeremiah 29, 11 and 12 and 13, nobody reads verse 10. Do you know why? Because it's depressing. Before he says, I've got plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. We like to put those on plaques and pictures. Verse 10 says, you're going to be in exile in a foreign nation for 70 years. You don't sell a lot of those at the Christian bookstore, do you? But what he was telling the nation of Israel is, I've got a great plan, but you've got to go through some stuff first. You've got to go through some stuff first. And I, I want you to hear from me. Listen, listen. I, I've had a relatively, I, I don't want to say I've had a difficult life. I, I, I don't because I, I know people that have had a difficult life. I've gone through some stuff. I, I've, I've had to say goodbye to people I love. I've, I've had to watch loved ones leave this world, and it hurts. But here's what I, I want you to know. Let, just so I know who I'm talking to, anybody been through some stuff, just wave at me. Just, you've been through some stuff. I think that's everybody in the room, right? Your, your difficulty could be preparing you for your destiny. I, when I would preach like this, I used to say it this way. God could be preparing you for what he has prepared for you. I don't care if I did say that. That's good. God could be preparing you for what he has prepared for you. When I'm writing this this past week, I, I thought... What, what's a visual representation of that? And I thought of two people in our church. And I usually ask for permission before I call people's name from the stage, but I didn't. So I'm going to do it anyway. So forgive me. I thought about my man Clint Banks. Now, he, he's told you his story. Some of y'all were here. Now, God's using him to do great things with our New Life Ministry. Some of y'all were here last week and we talked about that. But there's a reason God doesn't lay all the steps out in advance for you. Because if you saw what you had to go through to get to where he was taking you, some of you, some of me, probably wouldn't take the first step. If, if, if God came to Clint years ago and said, oh, by the way, listen, man, I, I'm going to use you to help encourage people who are struggling with addiction. I'm going I'm to use you to help bring folks Hope and healing 
and restoration. And I'm going to see you. Man, that's exciting. That's exciting. Oh, but by the way, I'm going to send you to exile for a little while. And I thought about my friend Kelly Johnson. If you don't read what she writes, start today. She's so gifted. And I, and I watch, and she writes about unique stuff. I, I, not too long ago, she was talking about silence and solitude. How many need some of that? And, and I, not too long ago, I, I saw her, and it was, she was dealing with worry. You, you know, do you know how you learn how to write about worry? Because you've laid awake at night and worried. See, I, I've never asked her this question, but I bet I could. Kelly, did you learn that stuff that you write about? Did you learn it with your toes in the sand on a, on a surf somewhere? No. You learn it by going to exile for a few years. And, and here's what I want you to... I, see, some people... So, it, it's so tempting to hear me talk like that and go, I don't want any of that. But listen, to get to where God's calling you, you might have to go through some stuff. But I cannot promise you what's on the other side of that stuff is abundant life. And it's good. And you want it. So don't let the exile part keep you from going through what God's got for you because it's good. It will complete you. Your difficulty could be preparing you for your destiny. Man, I... When I was a youth pastor, I used to use that word destiny a lot. And I think I need to use it a little more. And I wanted those students, those high school students, those college students to see. Man, I'm I'm here for a reason. And listen to me. If you're 90 years old, you're here for a reason. God's got something for you. He's got a plan for you. Not for them. It's for you. And it's a good plan. And it will complete you. So now we have choice. We have a, a, a good plan with a bright, hopeful future that might lead you down a difficult path. But at the end, you'll find God's abundant good life. So God's got a plan, but you got a choice. My dad used to say something to me because were any of y'all like stubborn children? Okay, are any of y'all stubborn adults? One honest person in the whole room. I'm slightly stubborn. You're going to eat the rest of these jelly beans before you leave. My dad used to say, Son, I wish I could just drill a hole in your head and pour this in. Because sometimes I just didn't get it. I'm going to tell you, God's not going to do that for you. God's not going to drill a hole in your head. And he's, he's going to set it before you and say, choose. You've got a choice today to choose the abundant life that Christ has offered you. And you're like, oh, Dwayne, stop. I was, I've been saved 40 years. I'm, not talk, I'm talking about Monday. I'm talking about every day of our life we have a choice. 
to choose to walk in the abundance of Christ. And, and listen, please turn off that, that, that filter in your mind that when I say abundance, I mean money. God's bigger than that. Don't insult him by thinking his only way he can bless you is with a check. I, I get fired up when I start talking about that. He said it before you. You can choose abundant life. See, you can't choose your circumstances. Some of you've dealt with illnesses. You didn't choose that. You didn't, you know, some of you've dealt with cancer. You didn't choose that. Some of you dealt with divorce. You didn't, you didn't choose that. No. You know, some of you dealt with addiction. Listen, you can say what you want to about stro- folks struggling with an addiction. Nobody wakes up in the morning and go, I want to be a junkie today. Nobody wakes up and says, I want, I want to ru- ruin my finances drinking my paycheck every week. Nobody chooses that. Nobody chooses that kind of circumstance. You can't choose your circumstances. But you can choose your response. You can't choose how you're going to respond. Even in the exile times. I can choose to trust or I can choose to doubt. I can choose to obey. Okay, God, I'll I'll walk through this if, if you want me to. Or I can choose to rebel. Any rebels in the house? Yeah, me too. I can choose to obey or I can choose to rebel. I can, I can choose holiness. There's a word we don't hear a lot anymore, right? I can choose holiness or I can choose selfishness. I can make a choice. I can choose to worship or I can choose to worship. How many know you're worshiping something today? We're going to talk about that over the next few weeks. So here's your question. Am I all in. Am I all in? I asked Tracy to give you some white space at the bottom of that bulletin there. Because this is not, what, what I'm going to ask you to do now, it's not a, not a, uh, it's not a fill in the blank. It's something you're going to choose. See, I, I believe that all of us have a next step. I believe, regardless of how long you've been following Christ, if it's 10 minutes or, or, or 10 decades, we all have a next step. And I bet if we were to take a survey, everybody in the room, that there's, there's something in our, in our life. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's resentment. Maybe it's a hurt. Maybe it's, it's, it's a habit. Maybe it's sin. Maybe it's a relationship that you're in the middle of that you know you're not supposed to be in. But there's this one thing that's, that's prevented you from stepping into that abundance. Stepping into God's... And when I use that word abundance, here's what I... Let me, let me unpack that just a minute. I, I'm talking about a full-on, head-first pursuit of God's plan for you in Christ. That God's, God's destiny for you in Christ. A full-on pursuit of, all right, tomorrow morning, I, I'm going to find, I, I know i got to go to work, and i got to take the kids to soccer, and i got to do all that stuff. I'm talking about making a choice day after day. But we have all got that one thing, or 12 things, 
that stopped us from that place. And what I want to ask you to do is to just look in introspectively just for a moment. Because I think choosing all in, maybe now would be a great time for my wife to come and, and just play the piano. See, I think choosing all in means, first of all, asking yourself this question. Am I completely committed to Christ? Am I completely convinced that Jesus is everything that he claimed he was, everything the Bible says he was, that Jesus was not just a human being, but he was God on foot? Am I completely convinced that Jesus is everything that he said he was? See, that's, that's kind of the first step. And, and listen, if, if you're not, be honest with yourself. If you're not completely convinced that he, I, I, I'm just going to challenge you, go on a search. I, I'm convinced that any genuine pursuit of truth will lead you to the cross. And I get it, there's 4,200 religions in the world. And you're like, how can that just one be right? It just is. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. And, and I'm not, don't take my word for it is what I'm saying. Go on a search for truth yourself. Ask yourself, am I completely committed to Christ? See, here's what I'm, I'm worried about. And, and, and please don't. I'm, I'm trying to say this without sounding mean and I, because y'all know my heart. I, I, I love you, but, but the reason I love you is the reason I'm going to say this. I, I've watched it for a long time. Don and I have been doing this for a little while. I've watched it with students and I've watched it with adults. We'll, we'll, we'll be so gung-ho for Christ. You know, we'll go to, you know, church will be good one day and I'm just on board or we go to a retreat or and we'll get on the spiritual high for a little while. And, and for some reason, the enemy is able to, to, to rob you of that joy. And you just kind of get into this maintenance mode when it comes to your walk with Christ. You just, you're doing it. You're not walking away from God, but you just, you just kind of stagnant and stale. I've been there. Any, any other honest people say I've been there? The, the word is apathy. We get to the point where like, all right. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll go through the motions. But you're not completely invested in your, own, in your own growth. You're not completely invested in what Christ is calling you to do. Listen, write this down. Apathy never produces abundance. That, that stagnant, stale funk that you've been in. Here's what I want you to do. If that's you, don't you miss a Sunday. Because we're going to talk about some things that's going to help you get out of that funk. We're going to talk about some things that's going to help you step outside of apathy into an abundant, complete walk with Christ. So I want you to bow your heads with me. And, and this is the part you're going to have to really search your heart. 
In fact, I I, kind of dare you to pray this prayer. God, what is my greatest hindrance? What is in my life that doesn't belong? Or what's not in my life that does belong? What's stopping me from being all in? What's stopping me from being completely invested? What's stopping me in in being completely committed to finding God's plan and purpose for my life? What's stopping me? See, for some of you, it's because you're in that funk we talked about. For some of you, there's this this part of your heart. and, and, And I always vision our heart like a like a, like a room. And, and if we could look at the room in your heart, there, it's, it's spotless. There's this, everything's in place. All the furniture is perfect. But over in the corner, there's this closet. And inside that closet is some stuff you don't want anybody to see. I'm going to tell you that what's in that closet might be your key to abundance. It might be your key to completeness. It might be that thing that if you'll surrender it to Christ, even today, God can put you on that path to completeness. And for some of you, you know what it is? It's a hurt that you had nothing to do with. It's it's resentment. It's anger. It's sin. Whatever that thing is, it's it's. Fear if I'm not sure what Christ, I'm, I'm afraid of the exile part. Please, please hear me because I'm telling you this because I love you more than you'll ever understand. Whatever that thing is in that closet, if you'll walk away from it, if you'll hand it over to Christ, that anger, that resentment, that fear, that sin, that addiction, that past. Pride. Man, that's the first step to your completeness. So, in that white space, if you feel like you can in just a little while, I want you to, because you're going to take that home. What is it? What's that one thing that's hindering you from being all in? Let's pray together. Father, Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you have for us a plan that is good, that will complete us, even through the difficult times. And so, God, I'm praying for Dwayne. God, show me that that part of me that's hindering me from becoming uh, a, a follower of Christ that is completely committed and all in. And God, there's many of us in this room that are praying that exact prayer. What is that one thing? For some of us, it's things in our life that don't belong. And God, if that's the case, if there's things in our life that don't belong, then give us the courage to walk away from it. And for some of us, God, it's 
some things in our life that should be that aren't there. A, a stronger devotional life. Stronger commitment to our church. A, 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 a deeper walk with Christ. God, if that's the case, give us the strength and the courage to walk toward it. Hey, if you're here and you're making the choice today to walk toward Jesus, maybe in a way that you never have, I, I want to encourage you. That's the greatest choice you'll ever make. Father, thank you for these that are here that are making a choice to walk toward Christ. Father, thank you for these that are here that are taking some junk out of their closet and laying it at the foot of the cross and saying, it is yours, oh God, redeem it, and I want to walk towards you. I want my life complete and abundant, and I know the only way to do that is to fully, completely pursue Jesus. Donna's going to sing, and I just want you to have a moment of worship here. I love this. How wonderful. How wonderful. How glorious. My Savior skies. Victorious. Yes. My chains are gone. My debt is paid. From death to life. And grace to grace. How wonderful, thank you, Lord. How glorious, my Savior skies, victorious. My chains are. Can anybody say that today? My debt is paid from death to life, grace to grace. Come on. If your debt's been paid and your chains are gone, if you pass from death to life, you ought to give the Lord an ovation of praise. Amen.